Good morning. Welcome to Everything is Interesting. So this weekend, Kira and I, other Kira, were reminiscing about the good old days growing up in the 90s. And in true Kira and Kira form, we went down one deep rabbit hole of a YouTube search for cool stuff from our childhoods. And we stumbled upon this gem. There's something in here. Watch this. Watch Sea monkeys, real live fun. Each set sold separately comes with everything you see here. Oh boy, Jefferson, tell me you remember that. I remember the sea monkeys. Of course. I was not as dazzled by them as some others. <laughs> and I knew they weren't monkeys. That's because you're so biologically advanced. That commercial didn't you get knew, you? You Come knew on, they woo-woo. weren't monkeys? They didn't have sugar monkeys. in them. I don't know if I believe and I you. Tend, I wasn't supposed to eat sugar on account of the hyper. Uh-huh. And so I, uh, but I was, uh, but I was more interested in things that were more cartoony and had the more sugar in them or like robots with guns. So you're saying you didn't want to eat the sea monkeys so you weren't interested in them? They didn't, nor were they robots with guns. I wish you could have I, seen the commercial. Like, I, I know you just heard it, but I wish you could see what was listen, happening. Listen, I'm not opposed. I'm on your side. I'm just trying to be as honest as I can be. I remember the Sea Monkey commercial. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a nonpartisan awesome. on the issue. I'm a neutral on Sea Monkey. Okay, well, I'm in not case opposed. you don't remember the Sea Monkey commercial, the one that we just listened to was amazing because they're these kids. They pour some powder from a packet into water, and then suddenly there's like this these really creepy animated humanoid creatures. With and that was the other thing. The real Sea Monkeys were not as dope as the, uh, as the commercial Sea Monkeys. Maybe you just didn't have a, a good enough microscope that's why we're doing this show today i I don't mean to be i don't mean to pour water on the sea monkey discussion well you're pouring water all over this segment jefferson by by the end of the segment perhaps we can change your mind about (laughs) sea monkeys (laughs) let's talk about sea monkeys i think that was the proper response yes okay so anyway yeah they're really crazy looking in the commercial they like jump into a rocket ship and they cavort around they're like wearing snorkels and they also have beards they have beards i don't know why it's really strange so basically these uncomfortably humanoid looking creatures in that commercial are purportedly what the sea monkeys that you get in the kit are going to look like. And the sea monkeys are supposed to be this amazing pet that comes alive when you add them to water. But now that we're older, or I guess if you're Jefferson, you always knew this, but we are a little more wise in the ways of biology. And we know that sea monkeys aren't microscopic people, and they're not even a type of primate. They're actually an aquatic crustacean known as brine shrimp. Brine shrimp are anatomically very un-monkey-like. Their entire bodies are only about a quarter inch long and segmented the way regular shrimps are except that brine shrimp don't have the hard outer shells. They also have about 10 sets of these fluttery feather-like legs called phylopodia that beat in a regular rhythm. That's how they move around. And because they primarily swim, get this, upside down, weird, the phylopodia make them look kind of like tiny water butterflies. Which would have been a better name for that toy. But you know what else is fun? They breathe through their feet. Brine shrimp have gills on the outer side of their phylopodia, and also they're born with one eye. And then two more appear when they reach maturity, and then they have three eyes, but that's not any less interesting. Okay, but let's be real. Brine shrimp are not cavorting around in rocket ships with beards and dancing around in swim trunks and snorkels that like you they know of. showed it in the commercials. They're probably actually just hanging out in salt lakes eating algae. 
boring. Like you said, Jefferson, boring. So how did the underwhelming brine shrimp end up becoming one of the most popular pets for kids? I mean, they're a real sad substitution Were there a lot of people that got the, puppies, the sea monkeys? Right? In my experience, yeah. I had them. I mean, all maybe my it was a them. 90s thing, but seriously, sea monkeys was like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. Well, anyways, the answer to that some question. Some of us had allergies, okay? Some of us couldn't have right. part, of my, my, part of my problem is, is I was more of a kid of the 80s. So that might have uh, been a problem. I see. I might have looked yeah, down my nose. They've been around for monkeys. a long no, time. No, no, yeah. they were around. To be clear, they <laughs> you, were around. You were too good for sea monkeys. Yeah. is what you're saying. I'm, I right. almost go back to the pet rock. Well, I let's almost talk about how the they became rock. so let's popular. Let's do it. Right? I've been. I'm curious. The answer apparently <laughs> lies in clever, clever marketing. Sea monkeys, the amazing instant pets for the whole family. Yeah, so in the 1950s, an enthusiastic inventor named Harold von Braunhut began taking out patents on various gadgets and toys that he invented, like 196 patents. So many. And uh, one of which was the patent for what would become the Amazing Sea Monkeys. And the Amazing Sea Monkeys was originally, it began as a product that he called Instant Life. Uh, He marketed and sold that in the 1960s. Instant Life. Instant Instant Life. life. I mean, you know, you got to say it like it is, apparently, at least at first. And he, he didn't make any attempt with this product at hiding that the quote-unquote instant life was indeed just these brine shrimp that were si- shipped and sold to you in their dormant egg state. But that's not very exciting. So the name proved to not be catchy enough. So von Braunhunt ramped, ramped it up. And in these ads, he had already been referring to his little shrimp buddies as monkeys because they have these like extremely long tails. So I guess actually that part where we said that they're very non-monkey-like that may, the the only, that may be the only. That may be the only. Not swinging really from trees, far-reaching. Though. And yeah. the bananas. They eat bananas <laughs> and have tails. Yeah, that's that's how you know that brine shrimp and monkeys um, evolve from the same creature. Just kidding. That's a joke. That's a science joke. That's not real. He also called them exotic Saskatchewan brine shrimp, but that's harder to fit on the. We package. also got a, we also got a text in the instant ramen of pets. <laughs> oh, I like them even more now. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you've ever saved up all your quarters for months on end, which it sounds like you didn't, Jefferson, and you ended up going out to the store and buying yourself the amazing sea monkeys kit, you I might save quarters, video games, but but not mm-hmm. for not for sea monkeys. She's so sad. Well, I, for, I just say it. I save my quarters monkeys. a lot. Okay, well, so you, anyways, if you've seen <laughs> the packaging, I guess, you might remember that they come sort of neatly packaged in a smallish plastic aquarium. Inside, there are a few packets, one of which contains the brine shrimp in their sort of mysteriously dehydrated powder form. And the other is a secret sea monkey formula. It's just salt and minerals. That you add to the water to help them grow. And even the art on the box is iconic. It depicts these like three fleshy humanoid creatures smiling and waving in front of their underwater castle. And it invokes this idea that if you had a powerful enough microscope, which we've already decided that you didn't, Jefferson, you could see your tiny sea monkeys wearing hats and playing baseball and going about their humanoid lives. This guy named Joe Orlando, who would later go on to become famous at DC Comics and Mad Magazine, he actually designed the original artwork. And then Von Braunhut sold these cleverly marketed little brine shrimp to the world as super fun pets. And we ate it up. We oh. ate the pets? <laughs> so I'm, I am you sure mean somebody did. We bought them. Okay. Well, they're little I, I think it depends on who it is. That's true. Maybe yeah. some people did eat them. Yeah, I've said that. I mean, can people eat real shrimp? It's not that far-fetched. <clears throat> but don't eat monkeys. Okay, so to be fair, we aren't complete suckers. The ability for dry powder to somehow become life when you add water is pretty incredible. But it actually has less to do with the innovations of this inventor and more to do with the fascinating evolutionary history of the brine shrimp. So get this. A dry brine shrimp egg, otherwise known as a dormant cyst, oh, sounds romantic. can be viable for a <laughs> stupidly long time. We're sure they can last up to 50 years, but it's possible it could be even considerably longer. Geologists working on the Great Salt 
Salt Lake report findings of brine shrimp cysts which have lain dormant in the rock for tens of thousands of years. Which is insane. That's insane. And even more impressive, they have successfully rehydrated and hatched these 10,000-year-old relics. So they're not like the ramen. They're like the Twinkie of the yes. animal. Yes. Twinkie. If yes. you could make a Twinkie into instant ramen style. It's a good point, actually. I mean, you know, you talk about what's going to be alive after the nuclear Imagine Brine shrimp are going to be around. Sea monkeys oh, will dominate. Will. Imagine Absolutely. They don't look anything a Twinkie, like guys. monkeys. I looked them up. They don't look anything like monkeys. <laughs> I think you need I think you need to work on your imagination skills. Yeah, apparently. So anyway, yeah, that's they they can be around for thousands of years. And I personally I have some sea monkey eggs that I've been holding on to since 1987 cuz I like to save things and I think uh, I think I'm going to try them out. The time capsule. They're time to shine. Best of luck though on that one, Kira. Yeah, so thanks. okay, so really though, let's get back to it. What's up with these crazy suspended animation brine shrimp eggs anyways? How does it even work? Well, to accomplish the feat of avoiding being hatched for thousands of years, the developing brine shrimp embryo goes into cryptobiosis, which is essentially a phase in between life and death. Don't we think it would have been cooler or maybe almost <laughs> as cool, but more honest to like call them like sea zombies? Because like, if they're oh, like in God. between life yeah. and death, don't you think? Like maybe this is our chance that we reintroduce sea monkeys to the world, but don't <laughs> like don't like zombies. lie about it, right? Yeah. Don't like like go to the interesting part, right? The interesting right. part isn't like they're little humanoids because right. they're not, and they look nothing like they're that. Not. And only a cartoon can fool dumb yeah. kids to think like that bananas. they do. Okay, yeah. right? But just say they're little sea zombies because that's almost true. Almost, yeah. Because they because they're in a state of cryptobiosis, which is essentially a phase in between life and death. I, I mean, this is really cool. Yeah. Wow. Good. Jo- I mean, I don't think von Pranhut's alive anymore, but I think you you may have just saved his empire. Should listen, X-ray. The, the half-formed shrimp inside this uh, this cyst remains metabolically inactive until proper conditions are met, like when an egg is submerged in water for thirty-six hours, and and this prevents the eggs from accidentally hatching before enough water is collected to provide a proper habitat. Like when it's just raining outside. But if you think about it, this is weird. I mean, you can't just dehydrate, say, like a fertilized chicken egg and then come back a thousand years later expecting to hatch it into a you know viable chicken, right? Pretty sure not. So so, see, the problem with being (laughs) dehydrated (laughs) for most of us normal living water-based beings is that without a three-dimensional matrix of water to suspend the molecules that make up our bodies, our proteins and chromosomes lose their shape. So think of a beach ball. And the air inside the beach ball gives it its spherical shape. But now let the water, the air out. Uh, our proteins and chromosomes, which are lo- no longer suspended in water when we become dehydrated, basically do the same thing as the deflated beach ball. They collapse in on themselves. And brine shrimp have evolved a pretty crazy adaptation to keep their cells from collapsing in this way when they dehydrate. They essentially turn their cells into sugar. So like a scorpion suspended in one of those weird lollipops, the proteins within the cell keep their structure because they're frozen in a solid sugar matrix. Sounds delicious. It's a delicious way to die. But dehydration isn't the only extreme condition a brine shrimp cyst can withstand and still remain viable. (laughs) These little guys, because humans are just so inquisitive, these little guys have been set on fire, dissolved in alcohol, exposed to cosmic rays, sent into the vacuum of space. They've been crushed. They've been boiled. They've been frozen. They've been exposed to pH levels that would dissolve human flesh. And yet they came out on the other side alive and happy. This is why sea zombies would have worked. This is why. Because you could hold a different ad campaign, do it late night, and like do all these things, right? Right. You can set them on fire. Cosmic rays. You could include 
include a kit that had cosmic rays in it, a boiling, frozen, yeah. and crushing tools. Yeah, right? A, do whatever you want to to our right, sea zombies. Right. You can't kill them. Sea zombies right? had a little be like, hammer. Yeah, mom, like, just, I want that. Just, just Let's invade your, a rock. Smash your sea zombies with a hammer and see what happens. Okay, so, um, yes, the interesting thing is that they came out alive because when you have a body that's 97% devoid of water, it keeps you safe from a lot of these dangers because it's the water molecules that react to temperature or to UV rays and cause detrimental chemical changes to the rest of your body. The ability to suspend embryonic development for many years by adapting super hardy eggs was the convenient feature that allowed brine shrimp to be packaged, stored, and shipped across the country. But what truly got everyone caught up in the sea monkey craze was Harold von Braunhut's ability to sell us a story about these magical creatures that we then reinforced with our imaginations as they came to life before our very eyes. Sea monkeys don't live in trees, my good man. They live in water. Why, it's elementary, my dear Watson. You just add sea monkey eggs to prepared water, and before your eyes you see them come to life. And when you feed them, they grow and grow. That would have been really amazing if it was 1960. Von Braunhut was famous for marketing schemes that bypassed the reality of his products and took them far into the realm of fantasy and imagination. He was also responsible for X-ray specs, which definitely did not work, and the invisible goldfish, which is exactly what you might imagine. It's an empty goldfish bowl with a few plants and a sign that says invisible goldfish. It's just crap. It's just lying crap. crap. It's just crap, <laughs> These right? are alt toys. So the amazing... <laughs> These are alt toys. <laughs> These are. The Amazing Sea Monkeys was Von Braunhut marketing at its peak. He managed to convince Smart kids guy. everywhere that Brian Shrimp made perfectly interesting little pets by crafting a narrative that your sea monkeys could begin living normal, very human-esque or primate-esque lives inside <laughs> your tiny plastic aquarium. If you just purchase all the right add-ons to keep them occupied and happy. There were like fantastically whimsical books you could buy that were like, tell the stories of the sea monkeys and offer advice on how to best care for them. You mentioned bananas earlier. Well, there were special treats called banana treats that sea monkeys supposedly loved, which is really weird because, I mean, what shrimp do you know that eats bananas? Brine shrimp. Do we? Are you making you sad that you didn't have sea monkeys? Is this making uh, maybe a little sad. Yeah. Maybe also uh, feeling good that I could spot a fraud. <laughs> Even at a young age, I knew an alt fact when it came at me. I wasn't going to listen to that stuff. You were like a this cynical kid at the store. Those uh, are I knew. I knew that emperor of sea monkeys had no clothes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they don't. It's shrimps. Were they called brine? Sh- are they called brine shrimp because their egg state they're like salt? Are they called brine shrimp? They're called brine shrimp because we're, we're about to get to that, actually. It's because yeah, the habitats, the habitats the they live in are uh, yeah, it's, really yeah, it's a teaser. salty. Mm. Uh, yeah, so um, um, I think we should... you want to skip? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the question is, was Von Braunhutz blowing smoke by selling us plain, ordinary brine shrimp as miraculous toys? What do you think, Kira? Well, his claim was that he had worked with a marine biologist to breed a special hybrid brine shrimp, which he dubbed... Neos. This hybrid shrimp was supposedly extra hardy, and his special variety would possess a stunningly long dormant egg cycle. But what could one inventor really accomplish in a few years of selective breeding? Brine shrimp have been around for a really long time, breeding and dying and evolving. Tens of thousands of years worth of adaptation gave us the hardy brine shrimp cyst eggs of today. And they did it not so that we could receive them in the mail, although that's an added bonus, but to survive in the super harsh conditions of salty inland bodies of water. Salt lakes such as the Great Salt Lake in Utah and the Caspian Sea bordering Europe and Asia are essentially these tiny landlocked oceans, and they are the native habitat of brine shrimp. 
Rivers carry salt and minerals from across the land year after year, and those minerals collect in these great basins. And these lakes are usually found in really hot climates, so as the heat causes water to evaporate, the mineral concentration becomes higher and higher. And eventually you end up with this habitat so salty that only the most adaptable or specially evolved organisms can live in them. It is here that the brine shrimp are found. In these arid places, lakes can evaporate entirely for years at a time, so the brine shrimp had to adapt in some way in order to survive. And it just so happens this adaptation was the ability for their eggs to dry up and go dormant in order to combat the constant cycle of water, collecting and drying up over and over again. This is, interestingly, also the reason why female brine shrimp don't necessarily need males to reproduce. Live the matriarchy. Because, that's right, because brine shrimp survive in these unpredictable environments, so there's no guarantee that a female shrimp is going to rehydrate and come to life at the same time as a male. So the females developed the ability to fertilize their own eggs, a process called parthenogenesis. It's pretty neat if you think about it molecularly. The female simply creates offspring that have two sets of the same DNA, rather than one set that you usually get from your mother and the other set from the father, like most of us do. Which is so neat. By the way, Von Braunhut was banking on the idea that we wouldn't know about parthenogenesis. Do you think Von Braunhut knew the word parthenogenesis? If you wanted to encourage your sea monkeys to fall in love and make babies, you could buy a special mating powder called Cupid's Arrow. So wait a minute, I want to understand though. Mm-hmm. The, the the little packet I got, yes. the stuff I would pour in, I'd pour it in like a little jar and yeah. then I'd put water in it mm-hmm. and that would turn into sea monkeys. Yeah, yeah that, okay. those were the cysts. And the thing, and the are themselves the eggs or the cysts the thing like help me understand again what They're the heck a the cysts bit, were so if, you, if you're like this is my understanding of it if you've ever broken apart a chicken egg you know you've got like a really hard outer shell so like the and embryo kind of yeah and then you've got like this sort of thin inner membrane that sort yes, of coats the outside sure. shell so the cyst itself is more like a coating around the egg yeah. and the cyst is designed to to sort of dehydrate and like crumple in on itself like an old and last for 10,000 years and or at least as long as a Twinkie yeah. and and then, and then, so how did this mating thing come up? When they said you could get this special mating powder, <laughs> but I thought that I thought the I thought the little embryos, little cysts were already there. Why do I need the mating powder? For well, you? because you'd want to proliferate the population of your brine you shrimp. So you want to hatch your brine shrimp, and then he was trying to sell you this powder to be like, let's encourage them to mate, and have more brine shrimp. Oh, but that was another lie because they didn't it's even need lie, that. Because, because they you know could what? have done that themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Shout out to the ladies. That's Sorry, right. Von Braunhut, but sea monkeys are going to get busy whether or not they have a mate. So. Your Cupid's arrow powder is not required. All right. I, I was hoping. I was hoping. Oh, do we have? Do we have a clip? A little one. No. It's <laughs> oh, it's gone. It's okay. It's, it's, it's gone now, forever. So we we were actually going to talk about. Wait, what were you hoping? Oh, I was hoping to be more financially stable, but you can't pull off having sea monkeys forever. That's, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That was that was going to be the clip. So in, I, I was hoping. Let's talk about how in the saltier pockets of the Great Salt Lake. Very little survives besides brine shrimp, algae, and bacterial detritivores. Detritivores is a fancy way to say the bacteria that likes to eat dead stuff. Yeah. So, hey, the, the bacteria <laughs> that eats your sea zombies. Bacteria zombies. Yeah. This is neat because it's a little tiny version of how nutrient cycling works on a global scale. So, like, do you remember those totally sealed off ecosphere things you could buy at Sharper Image? Do you know what I'm talking about? Was that the movie the, about the, no. the biodome? Uh, sort of, but like on a really small scale. It's like something biodome. you put on your desk and it's yeah. like, you know, the size could of I hold it? Mini could I, biodome. Could I hold it while I was in a massage chair? You, yeah, if you and wanted to. And with a pith to. helmet that also served beer? Are these all kind of the same thing? 
Oh, a sharper image. I was like, what? What are we talking are about? Are you gotcha. holding Sorry. while you're getting a yeah, massage? I'm here to help. <laughs> anyway, so so these little pockets, these little tiny salty pockets of the Great Salt Lake, they work sort of like those ecospheres do. Um, they're not completely sealed off, but they are tiny little versions of nutrient cycling. So um, inside these pockets, brine shrimp eat the algae. Then the bacteria eats the dead brine shrimp, Zombies. turning their turning their bodies back into absorbable nutrients for both the bacteria and the algae. And remember, this is important because those are the only things living down there. And I was wrong, because the bacteria wouldn't be zombies if they're eating dead things. They would be zombies if they were dead things. Uh, but okay, back to it. The brine yes. shrimp also fills the water with carbon dioxide as it breathes out, which then allows the algae to breathe the carbon dioxide in. And then the algae breathes out the oxygen that the shrimp needs to survive. So hooray, everybody wins. <laughs> this is sort of like the lowest possible denominator of living things, right? Like you couldn't have less living things in an environment than this because they wouldn't be able to survive with And you could other. actually build one of these ecospheres yourself. Um, if you're interested, you can find the instructions on our website, everythingisinteresting.org. Yeah, we built one like two years ago and it's still kicking, right? So as it turns out, even though they don't wear hats or have jobs or do whatever it is that sea monkeys are supposed to do, brine shrimp are actually pretty interesting little sea zombies in and of themselves. <laughs> and while brine shrimp are neither a miracle nor a scientific breakthrough, it is certainly miraculous how Von Braunhut was able to get us to believe that they would make great interactive pets. His marketing campaign, pitching the sea monkeys as a fantastical version of their real shrimpy selves, tapped into the deep cerebral desire that we all have to see what we expect to see. This is something called cognitive priming. So cool. When you buy the kit, you also get these tiny little magnifying glasses that make the brine shrimp just visible enough that you can envision them as the artwork on the package suggests. As they flutter in the water, you can imagine them as your tiny friends smiling and snorkeling and going to work. Your own little sea monkey. They're cute when they're young. So perhaps the oh, real yeah. innovation Monsters when they get older. of Mr. Von Braunhut wasn't actually the brine shrimp itself, because that was, you know, thousands of years of evolution. But it was Thanks, his Darwin. ability to tap into the imagination of kids and adults everywhere and end up making a fortune of off-selling packets of dormant brine shrimp cysts as the amazing sea monkeys. So I guess hats off to you, Von Braunhut, <laughs> for at least accomplishing that. Hats off to Caesar. But you are, you are, you are a, what do you call it? Like a magic man, a, a facade. Snake, a, a, a snake you oil. You were tricking us peddler. all because brine shrimp. People? Yes, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Jefferson seems unaffected because he didn't he didn't he buy never, into yeah, the I'm sea monkey. I'm glad you phenomenon. never bought into that. It's not about me. So, although now if you went and bought some of these sea monkeys, would you feel more excited because you knew all the cool science behind it? Yes. You'd be like, so "Hey, it, sea zombies. So I got some thing, sea zombies. Let me let them on fire." Is this whole thing like a trying to bring them back? Is this whole thing like no. a marketing campaign? We just were wondering. No. We're like, "Well, wait a minute. What are sea monkeys?" And we're like, "We're pretty sure they're well, you know, they're not monkeys." <laughs> and they're really small, and we're like, there's some sort we of just, sea shrimp. This is just what we and do then, when we hang out. We just yeah. get really dorky and talk about dorky things. By the way, don't light an actual um, brine shrimp on fire. They will die. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just the egg This is your cyst. public service announcement. Yeah, the egg cyst can be lit on fire and crushed. But don't, and don't do that. That's not a nice thing to do. Sure. But just, just to be lab. clear, just in case anyone calls next week and is like, I lit my brine shrimp on fire. It died. You guys are crazy. It's it's the egg cyst. <laughs> if you're going to light survive, your brine shrimp on so. fire, at least like eat them with some cocktail just sauce a, or something. Yeah, PSA there. Uh, do you think it was important that they were furry? 
Do you think that it was? Yes, I sort yes, of think, right? It was like because mm-hmm. the monkeys seem kind of cuddly, right? Yes. Like a little see in the same way that you just said, "Don't eat a monkey," but you uh-huh. didn't mind. I think it's because you don't want to eat a monkey because it's furry uh, and absolutely. cuddly. You eat all kinds of stuff in the ocean. Except, except if you watch that commercial, they're not furry nor cuddly looking. No, they're super they're kind of disgusting. Like, but but the, the really thing you're fleshy. talking about is real. Yes. I mean, the the idea that we want to save macroorganisms and the idea that we feel more responsible for things that look like us. So the sea monkeys in the commercial look like little aliens. They were yeah. horrible looking. Oh. But yeah. they look like yeah. so maybe you know Star Wars helped make them happen. You should. There was, I dare you to go to YouTube. There was a show, I think, with Howie Mandel in the 90s where people, oh, they were yeah. like, it was like the Three Stooges, but then they dressed up like sea monkeys. Yeah. Oh my God. It's really scary. Well, thank you. I, I, I had been, I didn't even know how curious I was about sea monkeys. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> until, until this morning. And now I'm very. And you know, they're important to ecosystems. I think the zombie thing could catch on. Yeah, I, think I so do too, too actually. I think so too. <laughs> a great point. Everything is interesting. Kira and Kira, you guys rock.